what's up everybody ben standing here i am excited to be here could not begin to tell you how excited i am to be back on a podcast platform and i'm thrilled that you guys are checking it out i greatly appreciate it uh for those of you who have uh, I, I suspect some of you are familiar with my work but just as an introduction my job right now is i'm the washington football team reporter for the athletic but as many of you know, I have covered a bunch of teams in this town, the Washington Wizards prominently, uh, a lot of college basketball. Really, there's no there's no team in this town I haven't covered. And that's why when I wanted to do this podcast, I didn't want to do just another Washington football team podcast. We've got a lot of those in town. The radio stations are, in many ways, Washington football team stations. And that's all great. And like, I'm going to talk about this team Every episode. This is the beat that I cover. It would be insane for me not to discuss it. But I have interest beyond that. I know people in other uh, in other teams and other sports beyond that. Plus, I as a native Washingtonian, I know I still remember the the questions I had as a fan about not just the teams involved, but who were the people covering the teams, the voices you hear, the the, the the people behind the stories you read. And I wanted to talk to those people, not just about the teams, but also about covering these teams. And hello, we're doing it during a pandemic. There's a lot going on here. And I know people have questions for me about how I do my job in this, in this uh, scenario. I have questions for other people as well. So I think we're going to have a lot of fun. Um, I'm excited to do this. I've been begging to get back on, on the podcast for a long time. Um, my, my, uh, my, my friends at the athletic, I mean, my, my friends, my coworkers, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, help me. I help me get this set up and, and we're kind enough to let me kind of do this on my own. We'll see what happens. Uh, but I'm excited. That I think the doing it on my own gives me a little bit more freedom to kind of go wherever I want and to have on guests, anybody, you know, anybody I want. So I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, my first guest is, uh, none other than Kevin Sheehan, uh, the Team 980, the host of the Kevin Sheehan podcast, a great person to to discuss not just the Washington football team, and, and we certainly get into the latest on Dwayne Haskins, Ron Rivera's uh, run through through the first five games of the season, where things are going. Um, so, so we try to get some positive thoughts in here and there. Not not that not that easy right now, but we tried. Uh, but I think Kevin is also great because we could get into other topics, and we did about what's it like covering other teams in this town right now in this weird sports, well, this weird year for all, but the weird sports year as well. So I'm excited to get into this. You can, of course, find the podcast on iTunes. We will soon be up on Spotify, so check that out. And I've already seen it on one of my go-to podcatchers, so it's there. There's also a bonus episode up already. I did a pilot episode interviewing former NFL player Chris Long, so we just decided to throw that up as well. So I'm excited to get into this. Let me stop dawdling. Here we go, my interview with uh, the Team 980's Kevin Sheehan here on the Standing Room Only podcast. All right, let me welcome in the very first guest to the uh, last, uh, I don't even know the name of this podcast, is the Standard Room Only Podcast. Um, he is, I mean, if I'm going to have a podcast guest, who else am I going to have than the guy who is the king of the podcasts in town? What do you mean? You, you, you know him from the, his podcast, The Kevin Sheehan Show, of course, mostly, or I guess mostly, I don't know, but primarily people know you from, uh, know him from his uh his, his run with uh, the Team 980, 6 to 9 a.m., Monday to Friday, at Kevin Sheehan, D.C. on Twitter, Mr. Kevin Sheehan. Sir, I appreciate you uh, taking the sir, inaugural spin with me as I try to figure out what the hell I'm doing sir here. again. No, sir. 
I do that ever. I, I just say it out of like habit or respect. I, I don't. Uh-huh. I don't. I trust me. When, when somebody young addresses me as sir, you and I are comparable age. When somebody young addresses me as sir, I trust me. My instinct is to slap them hard because it drives me insane. But yeah, you know, right. I'm just playing along. Um, Congratulations. <laughs> thank you. Congratulations to people like you who don't have to hear me bitch about not having a podcast for over a year. So, uh, so that's a good thing for everybody. You know what? I'm not sure you really want one, but you know, I'm I'm happy you're in this world right now. I, I I'm I'm using this. I wanted one. I mean, I used to have one, of course, for, for a while covering the Wizards primarily. Right. I desperately wanted one just to talk. I think now in this 2020 year, I desperately need it for therapy. I think this is going to be helpful for me just to be able to like, uh, you know, spe- you know, spew whatever whatever is on my mind. So, God bless Stay everybody busy. Who's listening. Stay busy. That's the key. I don't know if you heard me talk about Mark Melanson on my podcast with Cooley yesterday. I, I did. I did. He's uh, pitching in the World Series and selling AstroTurf or something. Yeah, he's, he's he's a renaissance man. He's got like 17 jobs. He is pitching in the National League Championship Series, and he sells artificial grass, artificial turf to residents in the Tampa, St. Pete area. Good for him. I mean, a buddy of mine lives down there and was negotiating with him right before game two last night on on price so yeah i, I heard you say that it's a, it's a crazy it's a crazy story yeah. um I, I will say that like to your point of staying busy couldn't be in general for me that is very true and people always like especially in my earlier work career when i was freelancing all the time and working a lot people would always like oh well, you work a lot i'm like yeah it's in my head i'm like yeah it's because i don't want to go insane by staying at home and like this summer with the football team being off the charts crazy for a couple months there. I always were getting, people were asking me, like, how you doing? And honestly, it was like, this is a good thing for me. Not because of business, not because that it helped, but it helped. Not because they were interesting and not boring. It was because I didn't have to worry about, I didn't have to think about the pandemic or anything else going on because this sure. team was so keeping me busy. It was probably a good thing for me. Yeah. Well, let me just say to the people that are going to be listening to your podcast, Ben is one of the best reporters in town. You really are. Um, God, I don't know how long you've been doing it, but you've grown exponentially over the years um, in size um, and in, no, I'm kidding, um, but you I really lost, have. And I've actually lost you, weight during the pandemic. Thank you. I, I, You know what? I lost <laughs> weight for the first three months and now I've put it back on again. Um, but I, I think you do such a good job, which is why I have you on my radio show all the time and on the podcast um, covering the team and you know for you you covered other teams in town you know for so many years and now that you're on the beat so to speak um, and have been for a couple of years it's uh, it, it, it's created I, I'm happy for you because it's created an even bigger profile for you and you're doing a phenomenal job and I'm, I, you know I, I feel that way which I and if I didn't feel that way you wouldn't be on my radio show as much as you are or on the podcast I love our conversations and I love what I learned from you so good luck with this um, that, that's very nice of you and just a quick reminder I'm not paying you for this segment no not, not yet right not, oh, okay not yet um, yeah. I should have negotiated that before, I guess. <laughs> yes, you, 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 you probably should have. Um, speaking of the other sports I used to cover, I, like this is what I want to get into first, because as, as I stated in my intro that you didn't hear, um, I, I didn't just do this podcast to do another Washington football team podcast. We don't need that. There's enough of that. You, you, I mean, largely yours, especially now, is like that. We've got 
you know, John Kime, J.P. Finley, the, 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 the three radio stations, anytime you turn it on, it's primarily about that team. But at the same point, obviously, I cover the team. So I'm not I'm going to talk about it every episode, episode but I want to get right. into other stuff. So let me get into some other stuff. And here's what I'm wondering. People keep asking me how it's like covering a team during a during this pandemic, how, how things are different, what's happening. Uh, well, okay, obviously one big difference for all of us is we're not in our cars as much, which directly affects, I would imagine, the people who are on the radio because obviously yeah. we're not doing as much. I know for me, I'm in the car definitively driving to and from Ashburn Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And then if, there, if there's a home game Sunday, then other than that, it's, I don't know, I have no idea when I'll be in the car, how often. So what's it been like for you? You're on the radio six to nine every day, drive time and all that. What, what's it just been like talking sports when things are th- this different? It's, it's interesting because not only um, in the midst of a pandemic were people in their cars much less, but for the first five months of the pandemic, we didn't have sports. So you had all of that going on as well, which really, I think if, if you asked anybody, Ben, that does, you know, multi-hour-a-day long-form radio, sports radio, it was the biggest challenge by far, yeah, you know, man. those five months. I mean, we were, you're making stuff up. Plus, you know, because everybody was talking about other things that had nothing to do with sports, regardless of being on a sports station, you got into a lot of that, you know, and it's not necessarily what we do, but, you know, when there are big events, you know, you, you, you end up spending a lot of time talking about the big events and the big things that are, um, that people are talking about in their lives. So that was a big challenge, but you're right. I mean, especially for people on in drive time, uh, early, you know, morning and then afternoon, far fewer people are in their cars and, the significant majority of people that listen to radio listen to radio in their cars. Now, with that said, our streaming numbers are way up. You know, our our app has been downloaded more than it ever was before. So people can consume us in so many different ways. But the live radio aspect of it, um, you could tell there for a couple of months that, you know, people, their habits had changed. And therefore, you know, our business was impacted. Now, once football came back, once sports came back, but really once football came back, I've noticed no um, anecdotally nothing that much different than a year ago in the NFL season. This football team, when it when there's drama, especially early in the year when people still have hope, you know, until it's completely deflated, um, I think that that people are into the conversation about this team. You know, they don't watch it as much, they don't listen to it, but sometimes I feel like they they love to sort of wallow in the misery uh, in the community of people who are you know miserable about this team like that's actually more entertaining in some ways than the games themselves so i don't know oh, yeah. we, who knows <laughs> yeah no it's funny you know not that i forgot how things were earlier in the pandemic but you just reminded me about the no sports because we were in the same boat of like right fortunately on the nfl side we were somewhat lucky we were already in the offseason free agency was just about to start then we had the draft and other than like a three-week period during the summer there was always something to discuss because we had the the, the Quentin Dunbar stuff the Trent Williams stuff on the front end then on the back end obviously it's been a lot <laughs> a, a, a lot been going on so we were lucky I know some of my colleagues were definitely on the MLB side NHL NBA 
they definitely got more hoes. But I was just thinking about this, as you mentioned, we'd have no sports. What do you think was people were people more into? The NBA finals are just concluded with LeBron James, the biggest star in the sport, winning a title or the last dance documentary with Jordan when we had nothing on, we had nothing to watch and everybody seemed to be appointment TV to watch that. I think people are more into the, the documentary. Oh, I, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, I don't know what the numbers, I know the N- NBA finals game six did a terrible number, you know, the closeout game. So I bet you that the last dance outrated it. That would be my guess. I mean, one was on, you know, cable TV and the other was on network TV, but, it wouldn't surprise me if that outrated it. You, you did remind me, though, and it's true. And I remember early on in the pandemic getting asked, what are you talking about every day from people? And I'm like, well, you know, NFL free agency, we'd be, you know, 75% of our conversation would be about that anyway. You know, the NFL draft, 85% of our conversation would be about that anyway, unless, you know, unless the Wizards were in the you know, second round and we had a hockey team playing, you know, into the postseason, deep into the postseason. So that would be um, a big topic. And then, you know, and then before we knew it, we were into, you know, June was in June was tough. May and June were, you know, tough. But we we had all these different things going on as it related to the NFL uh, team in particular. So anyway. So, well, so you, okay, so you mentioned that you probably would be talking 75%, 85% on free agency in the draft anyway, unless something was really happening with these other teams. And that, that brings me to my other question. Now, I, I, it's not that long ago that I was more on the other side of the aisle, meaning sort of just a listener as opposed to somebody being on consistently. And right. as somebody who was very into the Wizards, less so now, we'll get into that in a second. Um, I, you know, I, I, I did not, you are somebody who does talk wizards, but if I just, you know, uh, with all due respect to 630, I'm not going to include this in the conversation, especially they haven't been around that long. But in terms of the two stations, you guys and 1067, I never thought to myself, well, I'm, I'm going to tune in to listen to wizards talk. I'd have to be, I'd have to see on Twitter that the guest that was coming on was going to be about that or that specifically you, you know, you, you might say, hey, Kevin's going to talk about the wizards, whatever. And you never know how, when that's going to come on. And I imagine Capitals fan and Nats fans, largely felt the same except we were in the when, when they had those cup and world C- and the world series runs but now we're in this pandemic and look sports was incredibly weird the calendar got nuts everything got pushed together at the same time you had this incredible cluster of sports like the fact that the french open just happened the fact that the masters is, in, is coming up in next month it's so all this is so weird but when you talk about these local sports <clears throat> Did you have you been talking about them? I can't remember the last time I turned on. And again, I don't listen. I'm not turning into the radio all that often. Yeah, I don't, even, I don't even know when the last time I heard anybody talk about these other sports. And to be clear, I'm not even arguing that they should be discussed. The Wizards in particular are super boring right now. Uh, just there's no interest in them. And the other two teams had disappointing seasons, relatively speaking. Do, but do, is there any room to talk about these teams right now? No, I mean, there really isn't. I mean, you know, it's funny because the, 10 years ago, I don't know, maybe not even that long ago. I mean, program directors probably at both stations would say, you know, when in doubt, you got to talk about the football team because that is what, you know, a massive, you know, a real significant percentage of the people want, you know, any time of year. Now, there's always the big event, you know, the Nationals in the World Series, the Capitals competing for a Stanley Cup, the Wizards, you know, in the postseason there for a few years. And, you know, I love that. 
um, because I love basketball and I would talk much more. But I used to have to be fairly careful about that, you know, because the Wizards would be playing in the postseason, I remember, <clears throat> as the Capitals always have at NFL draft time, you know, typically, because the NFL draft is the end of April and, and you know, the Capitals have always been relevant. I, can't, I can tell you many times I'd be doing a draft show and the Caps game would be up on the screen in front of me. So um, I think it's changed a little bit because I think when the Caps are playing meaningful games and the Nats are playing meaningful games, and even the Nats in general, I think, have a really big following. Um, you know, I think you can get away with that, but not in football season. It's really hard. I remember a, a, a program director putting together like during October and November for us, I, I won't mention his name, like these, these hits with, uh, you know, a, a national, and this is when the nationals weren't very good, a nationals beat reporter, a caps beat reporter, a wizards beat reporter, like, you know, and you'd be doing segments, you know, 10 to 12 minute segments on Mondays during football season. And I just said, that's a terrible idea. Like, no, we're, 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 we're pushing away, you know, 80% of the people that are interested in listening, maybe 90%. But I think that's changed in recent years. Still, still, you can't go wrong when in doubt, whether it's this football team or the NFL in general, more people are interested in this town in that than anything else. It's just that the others have grown. Certainly baseball's grown. Um, hockey's grown. Um, you and I are, you know, we like the NBA and we like the Wizards, but there's nothing to discuss as far as they're concerned. Unless you've got a really good, compelling guest that you can talk about a lot of things with. Like, I love Scott Brooks on the show. I, I like... Um, you know, I've had I, it's been a while, but I think Bradley Beal's very thoughtful. You can you can talk about those teams, but you got to do it in a way that it, it goes beyond just, you know, why'd you run that, you know, two man pick and roll there in the last possession? Because nobody <laughs> really cares about that. Right. Well, that's the thing. I that like Tommy Shepard. Tommy Shepard's a great guest. Sure. That, that, so that, doing some of that always works. What, what, what always cracked me up, and I thought the, the the epitome of how much you can talk about anything with the Washington football team versus the other teams is like you just mentioned, if you're talking to the head coach, the star player, and the GM of the Wizards, you have a shot. But we spent so much time a couple of years ago on Brian LaFamina and that whole group believing. It's like, <laughs> it's like, it's like the business end of the company. I mean, yes, it's important to the, to, to the overall. How about Tony Wiley? How about the fact that we're the only city in America that actually knows who the PR person for the football team was? I mean, it was unbelievable to me. Well, I don't know if you remember the day when, when Tony announced that he was leaving. He he got uh, or he he got up at the podium to, to to talk about leaving right before Jay Gruden was about to come on, and and Tony's done, and Jay Gruden comes over and he goes, "Boy, I didn't know Derek Jeter was retiring or something like that." Yeah. Um, no, but yeah, that's, it, it, it's so true. I mean, like. To, to get into the Wizards for a second, look, this is the team that I had wanted to cover more than the other ones. And people like you would probably tell me, dude, are you a moron? Like, why do you want to cover this team for all the reasons you just said? But like all the jobs I would always get would be to cover the football team. And now it's including this one, honestly. Right. Um, but now I'm definitely all in on this in part because I've been working hard at it, and also because, oh, my Lord, this is the least interesting the Wizards have been in the entire John Wall era. There, yeah. there is literally there's no there's no hope, no Sorry, people. Uh, there's there's like no hope right now, in large part because of John Wall's situation. We don't know what, even if he comes back to all-star status, 
We already saw he and Bradley Beal with a better supporting cast only get you so far. We don't know if he's actually going to be better. And if you try to trade and say, well, we're going to just, it's not going to work this punt and trade Beal for stuff. Wall's still here for three more years. So you can't even fully tank as it were. So the, the whole thing is crazy. And um, I, I, I wouldn't blame you guys for not talking about them right now. And that's what's so yeah. weird is it, it's just, um, you know, now that I'm on this side, I'm like, wait, God, why, why would you talk about these guys? It's, it's, it's frustrating to be honest. Well, I mean, not only that, Ben, but you, you know, you have like radio, radio people, radio, you know, executives will say you, you got to appeal to younger people. Well, hard to do that on AM radio, just so you know. Um, but besides that, um, <laughs> the truth is, is that NBA fans in this town aren't Wizards fans. There aren't enough Wizards fans. So you're better off talking about, you know, the Lakers or the, you know, the teams with marquee players that have brands sometimes if you're going to talk about the NBA, you know, even in, in, in an NBA city, um, because they're not any good. I got excited there when Wall and Beal got to the postseason, you know, and, and, sure. and a couple of years that, you know, after they had made the postseason and won a series each time, they didn't get bounced from the first round once, you know, during that stretch until the Toronto series. Um, but, you know, and they were in, in that series against Boston and in a seventh game, that was a big deal. Like, you know, one of the things that, and I've always felt this way, and I don't know that people younger than um, than I am feel this way, but this is a basketball city. You know, this is one 100%. of the top two or three basketball, high school basketball cities in America. More people are involved in playing, coaching, refing, parenting, participating in some way, shape, or form in basketball more than any other sport in this area. We've got a tradition of two powerhouse college programs, two national championship winning college programs in this area, which, as you know, have both at their height been much more popular than the NBA team has ever been. Um, and so it would be for me, I've always felt this way, if the Wizards were actually a legitimate NBA championship contender. I think it has the most upside in terms of a number two behind the football team. But that theory's never been tested. Although if you go back and look at, you know, things like television numbers for that Boston series that year, especially the seventh and deciding game, it did an incredible number, like a comparable to the World Series numbers that I think there are the, you know, NLCS numbers that the Nats were doing. Anyway, I think basketball is worthwhile talking about i think hockey for sure during the postseason people get into it because it's very much a bandwagon town i think baseball you know is interesting year-round when the team is good and certainly in the postseason so things have changed but i still believe it at my core you know and again i, I could be my perspective could be you know age-driven but I think this is a basketball town at its core. Not that it's the most popular team by far, the Wizards. The football team is more people watch football, but more people are into basketball. And I'm also one of those people who, you know, not only love playing and have coached and do, done all of it, but I, I see that and I see what, you know, a lot of these gyms fall, winter, spring look like in this town. They're, they're filled and there's a lot of talent too. 
Um, here, here's some fun for you. I just I'm just confirming that the that Washington claimed defensive end Casey Tuhill off waivers from the Eagles. That, that just happened while we were, while you were talking. I listened to everything you said, but I was double dipping here. <laughs> I have no it's idea okay. anything. I have no idea anything about him other than he was apparently a seventh round pick for the Eagles this year. So uh, that they lose Jordan Brailford off uh, practice squad, and now they have somebody else. Uh, we're, we're not. Well, hold on for hold on for a second. So you just proved the point. You just prove the point. You're you're talking about a seventh rounder because he's going to replace a guy that got picked up off the practice squad. Like this is what I guess is important. Yeah, well, look at look, you. Look at you. You are so knee deep in a seventh round pick. Look, you it, can't. You, you you're not see, even listening to me. I no. I'm thoroughly. I listened to everything you said. I swear I did. But this is you know. I, I'm 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 insane. Uh, you, you you should see what I do for practice squad guys. Seriously, it's um, it's like we, before we talked about being busy. You can go too deep. You know that you can go way too deep. Me personally, or people thing. in general. I'm just saying that, like like what you just said. I'm like, oh my god, he's going to tell me about a big trade or a big acquisition, and I'm like, oh, and uh, okay. There are some fans that will be looking up his highlight. Where, where did he play? Stanford. So there'll be a, there, there'll be some portion of the, the fan base that'll be watching that video uh, of him in, in at Stanford in his senior year. But God, I'm trying to think. Um, there was, uh, you know, training camp is always so interesting because. Like the team will bring over. It's about the only time the team will help us with guests on the radio station, which, you know, that's another subject altogether, but they'll bring, you know, guys over that were like unsigned free agents. And I'm like, are are you kidding me? And there's this expectation that, well, anything is good to put on during training camp, no matter who it is. I don't subscribe to that theory. Others do. But ultimately, like, I want either a really big name or a really good guest. You know, want somebody who's going to be really good on radio. That Somebody who's going to really entertain the listeners, even if it's not a, a, a big name. And I guess you could, could argue, well, you don't know when they bring them over. That's true. But I've learned in, in terms of PR people that they don't always know what's best for us. And sometimes you can really get stuck with, you know, tune out radio for 10 to 12 minutes. And then you've got to be skilled to sort of exit the interview faster than maybe they anticipated you would in a nice way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I, I typically, if I was a radio person, I would subscribe to the Kornheiser model of no players for the most part. I mean, obviously, if you're getting the height of the height, you, you take into consideration, but in general, I'm, I'd, player interviews to me are on the radio can be, I mean, you know, you get some exceptions, but are never that exciting. But to the point of like going too deep, <laughs> I mean, uh, the only way I got here, here being whatever the hell this, this is, but like where I'm at is that I decided at some point I was going to go bottom up. I knew I couldn't compete on like RG3 news. So the only thing I could do was go to the bottom of the roster and try to figure out what the hell is happening there and work my way up. So it's still in my DNA. This is why I right. like practice squad stuff. I mean, I still go crazy over like every Tuesday, they announce which two, two or three players they protect on the practice squad. Like, honestly, who cares? but like, no, like, I've seen you tweet some of that stuff out. I have. 
and it, uh, and I and I and I understand. And look, the thing about you, you've always been a hustler, and I I totally respect that. And you've figured out a way to create, you know, the the niche, which is you know led to what you're doing now. Um, all right, we're going to get to the uh, to the actual football stuff in a second here. Ben Standing on the Standing Room Only podcast with uh, our friend Kevin Sheehan. I do have one last random complete question for you. I have no idea how you're going to answer this, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I was going to ask you about your own radio habits during this whole craziness, but forget that. Uh, all of us at work on some level, no matter what job you have, there you, everybody has a rival. Everybody has somebody that you compare yourself to. Maybe it's somebody you started the company with at the same time. Um, in my business, it could be somebody else who's like on the beat. Do you have a radio rival in town? I don't think so. I mean, as you were asking that question, I was thinking, I don't, I don't really, first of all, you know, I've been at this station at 980 for 17 years. And there are guys at that station that have been there much longer than I've been there. You know, Zabe, Scott Lynn, Doc. Galdi's been there longer than I have been there. Um, but we've all been there for so long. And we've all gotten to know each other pretty well for the most part. Um, and... I don't know. It seems I remember Zabe once described like, um, I don't know, they, this was years ago. We were sitting in a meeting and he's like, look, this is like a club. And, you know, our listeners like to feel like they can join and be involved and and, you know, be a part of the club every day. And and like and, and, and it's right. I, I don't think there's ever really been an adversarial or rivalry component to the people on the air at the station. I, I don't really think we've ever felt that way I, I mean I I can tell you I think you know I listen to our station I've listened to our station for years you know Doc is a really you know Doc's become a super close friend to me and to several of us over the years all right let me I, let, let me cut you off okay you like yeah. your teammates what about somebody else there's other radio stations no in town I, across I mean the country anybody no my, my I mean I can only tell you what I've uh, what I'll listen to and what I like like in in to me, um, one of the first talk show radio uh, radio talk shows I ever listened to was Mike and the Mad Dog in New York. I I wasn't in this business. I, I had a totally different professional life before I got into this business, and I traveled a lot and I spent a lot of time in New York. And this was in you know the '90s primarily, um, and I was addicted to Mike and the Mad Dog, and and that's really where I was like, God, I'd love to do that one day. I would love to do that. One day, so I will still listen to to Russo, the Mad, Mad Dog Radio on XM Sirius. You know, um, because I, I there's something about what he does uh, I, I really like. I don't listen to a lot of sports talk radio except on our station. I mean, I think what the junkies have done for years is amazing. You know, it's been such a great run, and and I totally get why it works. Totally get why it works. And I really like those guys. And I like everybody at that station that I know that I know. I don't know everybody at that station, um, but I like all those guys. I don't. Yeah, I don't really consider. No, I don't really consider um, any anybody to be a rival. I don't know that. It, I, look, our station has a rival, obviously, and they've done very well in recent years. Um, but I don't consider. um a talk show host arrival. Right, I'm going to ask for your real answer offline. I'll get, I, I'm, I'm being maybe, serious though. No, I, I can tell I, you. 
I, I believe you. I mean, but, um, I might not tell you actually, but I probably would. I probably would. <laughs> I, I think that the, I think the guys on our station are competitive with one another to a certain degree at times, but um, I don't know. It's it's a it's a weird it's a weird it's a weird business, but I oh. enjoy I, I've enjoyed doing it for a long time, and I've enjoyed where I've been doing it for a long time. Good, good. All right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't ask me mine because I wouldn't say. Um, l- l- I, already, I, I already know who yours is. Oh, I'm not now. Now I'm debating whether I want you to say because I'm not sure I know who it is. No, you don't want me to say it. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, dis- we'll discuss that later. <laughs> now, now, now I want to hurry through the rest of this. Um, all right. Let's get to the football team. So it, we're talking Wednesday afternoon. Ron Rivera spoke a little bit earlier, and look, I, I don't. I don't want to linger much on Dwayne Haskins and the fact that he wasn't at practice today with apparently this illness still going on. And uh, my interpretation of Ron Rivera was kind of like, uh, you know, whatever, he's not here. We still believe in him, but you know, what do you want me to tell you right now? Um, I, I wanted to get to sort of where we are with this team after five weeks. I mean, this is the first podcast, the first episode of this podcast. So I don't want to go through every single thing that's happened, but to some degree, I think a little bit of an overview makes kind of sense. Um, you know, look, I wish we could talk just about positives, but obviously there's not a ton to deal with. I mean, look, Chase Young's really good. The defensive line's fun. There's some young players that are interesting, but by and large, things are starting to go the wrong, go the other way. And, you know, in a general sense with any team, I try to, um, I try to focus on logic more than results. Like you can, you can do the right thing and it doesn't work out for some reason. It could be an injury. The other team is playing well, um, you know, bad luck, whatever it may be, but what's the logic to something? And one of the problems I've had, oh, I, I, by and large, with what with what this team has done under Ron Rivera, I've bought into the logic. I've bought into him not pushing. Like, when they went for Amari Cooper to, to willing to apparently spend $100 million and didn't get him, he was the only receiver out there that I thought was worthy of that type of, you know, paying a lot. And I think the older regime might have said, well, we have to get somebody, and then they go and spend – Right. A lot of money on somebody else who isn't worthy of it. They didn't. And moves like that to me were like, okay, I think they, I, they seem to get it. And all his talk about even into the season about letting the kids play through their mistakes, whether it's Jaron Christian or Troy Apke and, and Dwayne Haskins, I'm fine with it. But in the last few weeks between the timeouts, between um, giving Haskins an in-game test on that fourth and goal from the 13, even a little bit on, his, his answer as to why he didn't put Kyle Allen back in because out of like an abundance of caution for his injury, when we're talking about Alex Smith getting pummeled, I, I do think Kyle Smith was a bit more, or Kyle Allen was a bit more compromised than uh, maybe the idea of him being medically cleared to go in there. So maybe there was something to that, but regardless, all, all of this has been confusing. And I'm, I, I think I'm at a point where I'm still largely positive on the Rivera era. I mean, it's early. But the, the best thing I think he had going for him was when you talk about a rebuild, he didn't, I don't know, whether he used that word or not, that's where they were going. You can help kick the can down the road for hope for a while because you're telling people, be patient. We have a young team. And that's a good thing when you're starting off. So don't set expectations high. Somehow after five weeks, it feels like he may have squandered most of that already. And that's the part that me that even beyond almost everything else seemed the most stunning that we were at this point not that long into the season and already it's like, wow, here we are again. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you nailed it. I think 
by the way, I don't I don't know how many people would be patient with the this is a culture change. This is a process. It's going to take a while. They would have perhaps tuned out, maybe check back in next year. But he's waffled so much over the last month. There have been decisions and then explanations, which have been very nonsensical, um, that have confused everybody um, and have worried people. Like, wait a minute. We thought we had some sense of stability here. A guy that was going to shoot straight, a guy that was... Uh, but but you know, like I, I, I once I go down that road road of talking about him in that way, I stop myself because I'm not going to bail on him as a fan of this team after five games, and there's massive justification for him being a little bit off right now, and sure. he is. He's been off. Like there's there have been explanations that have not made a lot of sense. There have been reversals from things within days, if not hours, of each other. But he's fighting cancer. Beyond that, he entered into an organization that he knew needed a culture change. He just had no idea how big the culture change was going to be because we had a name change. We've had multiple post stories, um, you know, obviously accusing and alleging uh, a, a toxic culture, um, a misogynistic to toxic culture. We, we've got investigations going on into the organization. We have lawsuits flying around. We've got motion discoveries going on. Um, there's just so much happening. And Mr. Happy Thanksgiving, Dan Snyder, said, you're going to be the guy that represents us, you know, face and voice. And he's never done that before. And now he's got to do that while trying to coach up a football team, build a new culture in that, in that locker room, um, build for the future, and he's sick. So, I I think it's it's all about like, you know, what's perspective here? He's not he's he's off a little bit. With that said, it doesn't mean that in the moment we can't react to things because that's what we do and have conversations about things. But my bigger picture is I hope he gets well. I know he's a decent person based on. A lot of what's been said about him, about, you know, people that I've talked to, you know, coaches that I've talked to about him, they like him, they respect him. And, you know, uh, we just, we all, we've always known going into this, it doesn't matter what, how good of a coach you bring in, how decent a person that coach is, that the ownership more likely than not will mess it up. So that was sort of my 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 default position going in but i'm rooting for him uh, i am so we'll see uh i do not think this quarterback thing should go on much longer i think they should get rid of Dwayne haskins because they don't want him and they should shelve this idea of ever playing alex smith again alex smith the whole story disclaimers out there inspirational competitive spirit resilience all of those things apply to him and I can't wait to read the book and watch the movie. But the last you know, chapter of the book, the last scene in the movie, shouldn't be him trying to drive the team 80 yards on Sunday to beat the Giants. Because that's a road to nowhere for the football team. If you're focused as a fan on the improvement of the football team, let's play people that might have a chance to be around when they're actually competitive and playing for something if that ever happens. And it's not going to be Alex Smith. It's not going to be Ryan Kerrigan either. Like maybe we, 
you know, we've been focused so much on the quarterbacks. Maybe we should wrap our arms, our, our arms around the fact that Ryan Kerrigan's not that good anymore. And he's not going to be a part of this thing in the future. So let's play Smith Williams or who's the guy they just acquired, Ben, from Philadelphia. Oh, let's hold play on. him. I just forgot. Yeah. The guy from this, the guy. Yeah, from but I mean, I, I feel for him because this isn't a dumb, dumb. This isn't a bad person. This is a guy that's been a good coach and is a decent person who's been highly respected. And he's just off right now. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Um, let, let's just say for argument's sake, Alex Smith never plays again. When they make the movie and they're going to make the movie, how do they play out the last, how do they play at the end of the movie? They can't play it out. I mean, if they tell it out straight, ah, yes, you know, I mean, look, it, they could just, they could just have a walk out in the field, take a hit, get up and then cut the black basically. And just focus on the wife and the kids in the stands cheering. But if they, if we're just the football, how does Hollywood remake that script? This is, Aaron, I'm actually thinking about this for a story. How do they remake Aaron, that story? Aaron Donald on his back. He carries him to the end Alex zone. Smith surviving that first sack by Aaron Donald, which was just, when you think about the first sack. Unbelievable. It's the best player in football defensively. Um, jumping on his back and forcing him to the ground, and he survived it. So he gets up from that, and there's a big smile, and Aaron Donald's got his big, big smile on his face, and they hug each other. And Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are hugging each other on the sideline. And Dan Snyder's up in the booth, you know, hugging Tanya and Alex's family. And he walks off the field. And that's it. That's the end of the movie. Because right. you certainly don't want to see what happened next if they're right. going to tell the real tale. Because that was the ugliest half of offensive football and quarterback football without turnovers I've ever watched. Ever. Yeah, no, no. I mean, it was good, and I like that. Yeah, Ryan Gosling getting tackled. I, 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 I love Ryan Gosling. I, I, I like the. Uh, I like. That. I may have to cast the rest of this, but yeah, Ryan Gosling. Uh, um, yeah, th that's the easy one for Alex. Smith. Now, I, you know, in all seriousness, though, I heard Scott Turner today briefly, and he was very much talking about. Look, it's two years. Uh, even if the injury hadn't been what it was. If he had been out two years, there was going to be a certain amount of rust. Sure, and they haven't sure. seen that rust in practice. They haven't seen that rust, you know, as, as he's been preparing. And who knows? Maybe the next time we see him, it will be better. It would be hard for it to be worse. Um, my only point there is, and I'm, I, I, I was an Alex Smith fan, and I am still to a certain degree. But he's got a ceiling. And the ceiling is really what he was in Kansas City in 2017, if you put lots of weapons, high level weapons around him and you can run the football, you can win with him. He's that kind of quarterback, but he's not going to elevate a team. Um, he's a middle of the pack quarterback in the NFL, a starter, but now he's 36. Next year, he's going to be 37. He, I just don't see Alex Smith being a part of this franchise's future when they're ready to compete if that day ever happens oh logically he, he, i wouldn't imagine he would be but what do i know at this point that's what i'm saying I'm, my, my my sense of normal is shot right now because of the way things have gone the last few weeks right it, but it's interesting with, with both Dwayne and alex sort of the same narrative occurred by that i mean all the talk about alex i mean you had me on your shows a bunch of times and every single time i said he'll never play uh and all the talk was about that aspect 
we almost essentially never talked about, well, actually, if he does play, what happens? Because, like you said, he wasn't, you know, he was a sort of a relative game manager in 2018, kind of the way he was a chunk of his career. They clearly don't have weapons. The idea that even if he was healthy, he was going to come in and do something, I, I think I would have easily pushed back on that, but we just didn't get to that part of the conversation. Because we didn't to, think it would happen. Right. Similar to with Dwayne, when the reports out of training camp, and by reports, I mean people like me, saying, well, Ron Rivera said Dwayne's maturing. His teammates are saying this. Dwayne is saying this. But I kept eye on the fact that, you know what, they're not saying that he's actually improving on the football field. Rivera always focused on the intangibles far more than he did the football stuff. And now, of course, the season started to play. We see that. But I think for a lot of people, they took the idea of maturation uh, progress and said, oh, he's going to be better. Now, there's a lot of reasons you could give him some pass on certain factors, as we've discussed, the supporting cast. I think the skilled players are better than people thought, but regardless, they don't have world-class all pros, the offensive lines in question, it's a new system, pandemic, all these things. But anything on both of these fronts, a a, a storyline was created, but there wasn't probably the full-throated follow-up to, yeah, but, (laughs) Uh, and we've seen kind of both things unfold. Uh, Yeah. What did you say there? I'm sorry. At the very oh, end, were you just breaking? You, you just cut bre- out there briefly. Oh, I thought you were saying you were breaking. Uh, you were breaking your own news and not paying attention to what I was saying. No, no, uh, no. I was paying attention and then you broke up. Uh, no, no, I was just. Zoom. <laughs> yeah, no, I was just saying that they. Um, in both cases, we had these storylines that were interesting and and positive, but we maybe didn't collectively do a full throated response of yeah, but. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, I think you you had it right to have sort of this instinct that they're not telling the whole story. I mean, how could they really? Because they hadn't seen him on the field either in live competition. Um, I, 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 I was skeptical about what Ron thought all along, too. What I wasn't skeptical about was what I saw at the end of last year, which was progress which was improvement, which was a guy that, you know, you didn't need to, you didn't need to be Gil Brandt to, to know that he's got some talent. Now, all of the intangible stuff, which they were referring to over the summer, as it turns out, that's probably why they're going to move on from them is because the intangible stuff isn't there. You know, the leadership, the work ethic, all that stuff that we've been hearing. There's too much smoke not to believe that some of it is true at this point. Um, I think that they would probably admit that there's some talent there. And if he had all the intangibles, that they may be more interested in investing time into him. But the bottom line, I really believe, is that Ron Rivera is an old school guy. He's been around the block. um, And... There's something there that has led him to believe that it is not worth investing a significant amount of time to see if this thing will bear fruit. And he has every right to do that. He has been given that responsibility. Um, Personally, I wish he had done it earlier. I think more likely than not, they knew a lot of this about what their true gut feel was about, you know, it's probably a cut bait situation, but we may have to wait to cut bait because the owner prefers this guy and we got to give him a fair shot. Well, you know, that's been the problem with this organization is every new guy that comes in, 
there's a quarterback that the owner prefers and somehow the new coach needs to placate that the new coach needs to make, you know, some sort of, you know, college try at making it work. And it's just a waste of everybody's time. You know, it, it doesn't make any sense. It's a waste of their time. It's a waste of the player's time. It's a waste of our time to even invest in will he or won't he? Well, he was never going to be for this group. That's my, my feel. Um, and I think it's why they traded a fifth rounder for Kyle Allen. And I don't know if they had been able to cut him loose earlier if they would have considered Herbert or Tua, because when you think about it, Ben, Chase Young was there. You know, if Chase Young hadn't been there, I wonder if it would have played out differently. I wonder whether or not Rivera would have said to Dan, I don't see it. I don't see it. We've got an opportunity right now that we may never have with the number two pick, you know, and we've got to go get the guy now. And plus, um, like, would... you just had the precedent of Arizona just the year before, you know, dumping Josh Rosen for Kyler Murray. So right. it, w- it would have been easy points. You say, hey, look, look at that. They got a second round pick. Move on. You know, and at that point, you know, who knows? Dwayne had improved over the last couple starts. You could have. Um, maybe you would have gotten a second. Then. Yeah. Yes. I mean, but do, do you I, I, I'm I'm playing this out like for the first time and thinking, you know, Chase Young being there at number two could have been why we ended up we why Ron Rivera and staff ended ended up going through this borderline sham of trying to make Dwayne work for the owner's you know satisfaction because if if Chase Young weren't there the, the most you know the, the highest evaluated player in years is a defensive player in the draft um, and they didn't think they were getting a, a future game wrecker at number two overall in the defensive side of the ball. And it was another player that, you know, wasn't anywhere near with the quarterback or the, or the quarterback was the obvious number two player. Say, say it was Tua. Maybe it would have been a different conversation. Yeah. I mean, if Tua had been healthy, it would have been interesting to see what would have, what would have unfolded there because obviously he was projected. To and be- without Chase Young. Right. Without Chase Young, but even otherwise, like, you know, if Tua stays healthy, obviously Joe Burrow was amazing, but Tua was the person that most people, you know, that was tanking for Tua. That was the talk all year. Sure. Who knows? What if the Bengals go that way and Joe Burrow is sitting there? So either way, uh, yeah, that would have been interesting. Um, I, I know I don't want to linger too much on the Snyder thing, but just just I had this in my notes. I do think it's a, it's one of the questions when we discuss what Rivera is doing and not doing. He is a very candid guy. I believe him largely when he tells us things. Um he seems like he's his own person, uh, and I assume he came into this job with wide, with eyes wide open. But that said, the other day when I when he made the decision to bench Haskins, and I asked him during our Zoom call, "Have you told this to Dan Snyder? And what was that? You know, what was that conversation?" He starts off by saying, "Quote: I don't tell anybody what I'm thinking. I don't want anybody to think people are telling me what to do. I thought about this as we were beginning to go into the beginning of the year and looked at the schedule and so on and so on." He then later said that they did talk. And, and so on. But the fact that he, again, this is my interpretation, the fact that he felt compelled to not just say, yes, we had a conversation. I told him what I was doing. He said, all right, well, this is on you and move on. He, he felt compelled to say, I don't want people to think people are telling me what to do. And I think that's, if nothing else, that is the perception that goes on around here. And as we've discussed with Dwayne Haskins, the reality at points that 
the owner pushed for this guy to get picked. And I wrote the other day how that choice effectively compromised two coaches simultaneously, the one he had in Jake Gruden and the one he was going to have, whoever that was. And it is the elephant in the room, but you can't, it, it, nothing. Uh, this is what I always said when Wizards fans would tell me Ernie Grunfeld needs to go. I'm like, okay, <laughs> cool. The person who is employing him, the person who continues to be fine with his job because he's setting guidelines and the GM to some degree is following up is still going to be here. Then what? And it's the same, it's essentially the same issue here. It's always going to be the issue. It's the, um, it's the thing that, uh, you know, when you and I have conversations on your podcast or on my radio show or on my podcast, or, you know, you, 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 you interact with people on social media about the team and I interact with people on social media and done calls on radio shows. And it's like, we, we get sucked into, you know, the things that sports fans get sucked into, like, God, I mean, why didn't they call the timeouts, you know, at the end of the game or, they should have gone for that fourth and one or, you know, why didn't they draft a tight end? And these are diversions for us because we love the sport. And, you know, so many of us grew up loving the team. But, you know, it, it we all, I think, have now come to realize that we can have these cute, fun, diversionary conversations. But and, and, I, and I'm not advocating stopping those conversations. They're, I love them. I love to talk about games. I love to talk about players. I love to, but at the end of the day, it's, he's still here. And as long as he still owns the team, it's going to lose more than it wins. And it's going to have more turmoil than less. That is a two decade track record and it's not going to change. So even though, you can get excited about Ron, uh, Ron Rivera, which I did, um, you know, get somewhat interested and intrigued by a young quarterback, be really excited about the defense and the number one choices and Chase Young in particular and what the defense could be and hope that it amounts to something. Ultimately, as long as he owns the team, they will never have sustained success. He has gotten in the way of it over and over and over again. And there's a real rot in this franchise a real decay and um you know i'm not i mean being i i've said this on my show before people would be disingenuous as fans of the team if they weren't praying for something a big you know a, a true smoking you know a true smoking gun you know a story about him that gets him ousted you know you don't want anybody hurt in the process but I think that post story, both of them, and maybe another one to come, who knows? I think most fans hope that it ultimately leads to Roger Goodell saying enough is enough. We're going to take a vote with the other 31 owners. Unfortunately, that hasn't happened yet. But in t as long as he owns the team, Ben, I've, I've been this way for six, seven years now. I've resigned myself to the fact that they're never going to be a sustained winner. The NFL is designed for even the worst owned teams, which Washington is to win occasionally to have that one year where they hit the inside straight and they go nine and seven and they make the playoffs. And that's what his team's done a couple of times, you know, during his uh, tenure, but it'll never be a sustained winner, no matter who you bring in, as long as he's here. Doesn't mean that we can't have the conversations and hope and get excited about a big game once every three or four years because that's a pretty much the rate at this point. Um, but it's just never going to change. Well, it's like Andy Dufresne said in Shawshank Redemption, hope is a good thing, oh. maybe the best of things. 
Yeah, like, but Red Red said hope is a dangerous thing. Um, but no, I'm with Andy Dufresne on that one. It's just the reality is is that he can't get out of his own way and never has been able to. All right, so um, uh, 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 I need to get you out of here, I'm sure, because I've kept you forever. But a staple of any of any time I come on with you is uh, you'll say, okay, I have 10 seconds left. Give me a give me an answer on this question. Um, right. I've got, and then, I've got and then a, five minutes later, we're still going. Right. Um, I have. Uh, uh, I saw uh, in that vein. I have a couple of questions for you. Obviously, I don't actually have any timeline because we can talk forever. But we'll just go with the theory of okay, I have ten seconds. What? So we we, we mentioned the trade deadline with Haskins. Beyond Haskins, I mean, the trade deadline is November third, so there's still a couple weeks to go. And look, if they beat the Giants, beat Dallas, look, uh, you know, maybe things are different in terms of this. Uh, you know, this idea of chasing for the NFC East, but I think both you and I at one and four are not highly optimistic about their playoff hopes. Uh, that said, trade deadline. I, I, I'm just going to assume they would be, we'd view them as sellers. Who is one player that you, beyond Haskins, that you would think could be uh, on the move? Kerrigan. Um, but he hasn't played well, you know. Three, so Three out of the last four games, not a stat other than, not a stat recorded other than that he played. Right. So he would be the one if somebody, you know, needs a situational, you know, I think hand in his hand in the dirt, you know, defensive end. Um, well, that's it. Who else? Well, I mean, I, I over the summer, Brandon, I made Brandon I push it. Uh, maybe, but I mean, you know, I, I guess there's a matter of do they what do they view him for a long term contract? Do they still want that with Kerrigan with Chase Young and Montez Sweat? There's just no room at the end for him which is why I pushed or I brought up the idea of trading Ryan Anderson before the season started, right. because what's happened, what I thought would happen has happened beyond injury. He isn't playing much and he's going to be gone to the end of the year, presumably. And the, I know people were like, well, who cares about a sixth or seventh round pick? And then I would say, cool. Cameron curls, a seventh round pick. Chase Rie was a sixth round pick. That guy could play. Jimmy Moreland was a seventh round pick, but uh, those would be the only two guys. I think Karen Moreau. How about Fabian Moreau? He has not gotten a defensive snap now for two to three weeks. Yeah, and yeah, I, no, for sure. And he, and he actually has some talent. I've been surprised how – I mean, I, Ronald Darby, I remember liking the move for what it was. It was just a question of his health. He's played well. I've been surprised that Moreau has played as little. Of course, I didn't see Cameron Curl becoming this staple right. in the, in the uh, rotation. Um Let's, let's forward to the draft. Obviously, if I say to you, what are they going to do in the draft? I mean, who knows? But like quarterback would be the obvious thing. We know they have a bunch of needs. If they have a top five pick, and we don't have to worry about the individual player per se, but you're a college football fan, so if you want to, go ahead. What's the one position you think they would need to you, – you, it's up to you. They would address with a top five pick. So Cooley, so Cooley told me today on the podcast, he said, the problem on defense is linebacker, period. That's the biggest problem. It's not their secondary, even though he's not pleased with the safeties and the safety play. He said Ron Rivera had Luke Keekley, had a younger Thomas Davis, had Shaq Thompson, had, had, had linebackers. He said they have to have a middle linebacker. And Micah Parsons from Penn State, who, by the way, wears number 11, same number that LeVar Arrington wore at Penn State. Okay. Micah Parsons is going to be a top three to top five pick in the upcoming draft. So if they don't have a quarterback need, which they're going to, um, or they have a pick where they can't get the quarterback they want. And a guy like Parsons is there. That's where, you know, 
I, you could, I mean, look, we all can see that they have issues in the secondary. They have issues at linebackers. So if you're going to address def- defense, it would be that. And I would have no problem with them drafting defense, even though they still don't have enough skill position talent. I mean, you take the best player available and if it's not a quarterback at the top of that draft, it's more likely than not going to be a defensive player like Parsons. Yeah, I think. It's and they're going to they're going to have a top five pick, Ben. I didn't think so two three weeks ago. I think so now. Uh, I would I would concur, but we'll see how these next few weeks go. Um, I did mention Parsons. I wrote a story that uh, went up today. No, yesterday. I, I can't keep track. Uh, about I've been asking scouts for the last few weeks to give me some names, you know, give me some thoughts on players that may would make sense positionally for Washington. So, and Micah Parsons obviously was a name that came up. Um, different question. Uh, Ron Rivera has done, if nothing else, when you look at all the moves he's made with the roster and with his coaching staff, he is very much into comfort. He likes familiar people. He brought, brought so many people over from Carolina. He, he, he traded a fifth round pick for the quarterback he had in Carolina. Even some of the, the, the minor moves, the, the, the signing of Hemingway, you know, keeping Jared Norris, like all these guys from Carolina. So this brings me to the question you mentioned earlier that Rivera is going through, uh, not, not just as he the coach, he's for the first time really running things. What do you think happens to general manager? Because while Kyle Smith is effectively that guy, not, but he's not by the, he's not that in name, in position, he's that running the personnel department. I, I, I kind of keep wondering, and this is pure speculation, that he makes that does Marty Ernie, his Rivera's longtime GM, who is still in Carolina, but I think there's some sense this could be in for a year. Could do you think? Do you see a another another familiar face coming up? Is that is that something you think could happen? Uh, again, this is speculation, but just based on the idea that Rivera seems to like having people he knows around him, and maybe after everything that's happened, he thinks maybe I need one more voice in my ear who kind of knows these things. He's the one that I you know I've thought about. Um... Because not only was he, you know, working for Ron Rivera and been in Carolina for so long, you know, he started his his journalistic career here. You know, he covered this team. He covered the late 80s teams for the Washington Star or Washington Times. Maybe it was the Washington Times then. Um, so the thought of coming back into this town to be a part of this franchise may appeal to him. With that said, I think Kyle Smith is sharp. I think he's really sharp on the draft. And I bet you that Ron Rivera likes Kyle Smith. Um, and that, you know, the, the only, you know, the interesting thing about Kyle Smith, you know, right, is that his father, A.J. Smith, that relationship was really with Bruce, you know, um, over a long period of time. But I think Kyle Smith is a respected guy and is and has a respected eye for talent. Um, yeah, I don't I, know. I, I don't. Yeah, but no, but I, like and, you, yeah, I like Kyle, I think Kyle Smith has done. I mean, look, you can't really tell how a draft truly plays out until you get through a three, few more years. And I think most of us are willing to say we're not tagging Kyle Smith with whatever we think of Dwayne Haskins. So by and large, I think he's done well. But there's a difference, a difference between picking players and being sort of a, a true advisor, a true decision maker. And I'm not saying he isn't. I just that's one thing I've just been wondering as we watch Rivera deal with so much. Could he, could he decide, look, I need one more person, and he keeps going back to the well of people he knows? Right. Yeah, you're right. He, he's got a comfort level with everything, you know, Carolina. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I haven't given it a lot of thought since it became clear that they weren't going to make a move. Remember, 
there was that period of time where there was an expectation that Ron might hire a general manager and then he didn't. And he said, I'm comfortable with this situation as it is for now. Um, you know, the Jason Wright hire as team president sort of came out of nowhere. You know, I, I remember like thinking, well, they just mentioned Terry Bateman and announced this elevation and permanent position for, for Bateman. And then here comes Jason Wright. Um, you know, look, the organization, they're responding to a lot of things right now. You know, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. Um, I'm, and by the way, I'm not speaking specifically about Jason Wright. He's obviously got the resume. I wonder how long he'll want to work for somebody like Snyder, to be honest with you. Every single time I see him interviewed, I'm like, oh, he's way too impressive for this place. Um, sort of like, you know, La Famina. I mean, I'll never forget when La Famina got hired and Tommy heard him say, um, you know, admit for the first time there wasn't a waiting list. And Tommy said, I hope the dude rented and didn't buy anything. The over-under is nine months. And he was gone in six months or whatever it was, seven months. But um, I, I don't – yeah, the GM thing's interesting. I, it, right now, being the, the number one decision-maker decision, dis, decision maker, is a lot for Ron Rivera, but maybe it won't be by the end of this year with him back at full health. Uh, absolutely. All right. Last question. 10 seconds. What, what Chase Young's an easy answer. What's the most positive thing? Let's end on a good note. What's the most positive thing you can take away after five games? I mean, I'm not, I mean, you, if you want to be as specific as just like you, you like, Antonio Gibson's upside, I mean, sure. But just like whatever it is, something like maybe it's something even more bigger picture with, with this thing. What, what's the most positive thing you can like get, throw out there to give people something to uh, feel good about? I mean, it's really, you're, you're asking at a time where it's really tough to I, find I, something. This is, um, this is why we have I you guess, on the, I guess, the tough questions. I guess I really look at them defensively. And I think that next year, or the year after, they could be really good with a couple of more pieces. Is it five pieces? No, it's not that many anymore. But two to three pieces with what I think is a competent coaching staff defensively. Um, and, you know, Sunday's game was really all over the place. They were really confused by a lot that was going on. But I, I see them having a chance to be a really good defensive football team you know, next year, year after, definitely. So I would be encouraged at that. Now that assumes that people don't get hurt and they keep this group together. They're, they're I mean, they're going to have to pay John Allen. They're going to have to, you know, I mean, he's, they obviously picked up the option on him for this coming year. This offseason will be picking up the option for Deron Payne. You think they're going to you know, pay John? You think they're going to, this is a, I don't want to start another conversation, but you think they're going to actually pay John Allen? I think they will because I think he's totally a Rivera kind of guy. Like Rivera's know. in as part of this culture change, Rivera's going to want the mature, responsible, accountable players. And you know, John Allen's played well this year. He actually has. Maybe statistically, it doesn't show. I think Deron Payne's played well this year. And you know, people I, I mentioned the other day, and even Cooley <laughs> took me to task for it. And I said, you know, even after this game, I'm still bullish about the defense. And, and he's like, why? They got torched. And I'm like, they did in the first three drives. And then, you know, they figured some things out. Well, Cooley told me today, he's like, they figured some things out because the Rams sort of got a little bit, you know, um, uh, a little bit complacent with the big lead. Okay, that's fine. 
I think Deron Payne has star potential. Chase Young has elite star potential. John Allen's good. Matt Ioannidis is really good. Um, they, they, you know, they need, you know, they, they, it's Montez Sweat is having a hell of a year. You know, that should have been my answer. I'm so glad that Montez Sweat is living up to that first round billing because I think he is in these first five games this year. We're seeing a guy that's playing more carefree, not thinking as much, and you're getting the guy that at Mississippi State his senior year was a beast, like high motor, high energy. He chased down Cam Akers on a play late in the game on Sunday. He was 20 yards behind, 15 yards behind, and Akers has blazing speed, and Sweat ran him down. That I'm really happy to see because we've got Sweat and Chase Young for the next how many years? That's going to be a pretty good combo, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's that, that those two guys are probably the actual answer because beyond quarterback, you you know, pass rush, offensive tackle, like those are like the biggest positions you need. And it does look like they've got that back. That, that's a pretty fun combination for sure. So um, that's the answer. And beyond that, I don't know what to tell people. So I'm not even going to try yeah. it right now. Uh, do I need to tell people to subscribe to your podcast? Because who's listening to this that's not? Right. Everybody's listening to. Oh, I mean, I guarantee you there are people that are listening that aren't subscribed to the podcast. You can listen to the radio show six to nine on on the team, 980 and 95.9 FM in D.C. And then my podcast is the Kevin Sheehan show, which you can get anywhere. And um, Cooley is on with me three days a week and Tom Lavero is on with me two days a week. So it's the best part of doing the podcast. Ben, I know I've told you this in the past for me. First of all, I did it out of necessity when the radio station was sold and I was out of a radio job for a year. Um, so I did it out of, out of necessity. And I'm so happy that I did because I love doing it. But it allowed me to reunite with two of my longtime radio co-hosts and partners in Libero and Cooley. I, it, so for, for those that, you know, Cooley's doing his film breakdown on my podcast every week. It's phenomenal. I don't know how long people will be interested if they lose the Giants and the Cowboys and the Giants again. Um, but for the next couple of weeks, you know, you can tune in to see how Kyle Allen's doing. Yeah, uh, yes, you can. I, I, uh, I've been taking a lot of walks during the uh, pandemic. I mean, just to get out of my house. And I, I've been, I've run out of podcasts to listen to largely because I can't deal with anything political right now. And right. Uh, other than this team, I'm just like, I sort of just checked out another sport. So I uh, legitimately listen to you, you all the time. I mean, I'm also trying to get into more of the film work and obviously Cooley talks about it uh, with great detail. Uh, it's crazy sometimes to the detail he talks about it. Well, I'll give you, so I've been listening to podcasts too, much more in, during this pandemic. And I just finished one that I know you will like. The oral history of the office. Oh, Brian Baumgartner. Brian Bar- yeah, yeah, I heard you it talk was, about it. This. It was so good. But it's and on Spotify? It's on Spotify. So I, I need to, this is like the third or fourth podcast that's on Spotify, which I believe I will be once I figure out how to do that. Um, it's not hard. Yeah. Well, you'd be, you'd, you'd be surprised over here. Uh, right. Kev, man, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much. And uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Best of luck, Ben. Seriously. You'll do, you'll kill it. Serious. See ya. <laughs> Thanks, man. All right. Bye. Hello. All right, one interview down, plenty more to go. Many thanks to Kevin Sheehan for his time. Uh, really appreciated that. Um, 
of course, uh, look, I, I anticipate having, like I said, a lot of guests from a lot of different uh, parts of the D.C. scene, those who are on the beat with me, those who cover the team, and those who cover other teams, my colleagues from The Athletic, as well as other people who are interested parties from out of town. We'll get some national voices on here as well. And I really am excited to see where this goes. Look, I, 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 I don't know what you guys thought of that first episode, but look, there might be a little bit of rust. I don't know. It's been a minute since I did this. Hopefully not, uh, you know, one in four kind of rust, but uh, but but maybe a touch. But I, uh, I'm excited to, to to knock that off and keep moving forward here. So more interviews to come. I, by the way, I didn't say at the top, but my plan is ultimately to do probably two a week. Um, we'll see how that goes. I wanted to start off with the one since it's the first week back, but uh, we'll, we'll see what happens. So that's it for now. You can, again, subscribe on iTunes soon Spotify, and you can find it on other podcatchers as well. Follow me on Twitter at Ben Standick, and of course, read me on The Athletic. But until next time.